welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Board as Hell podcast. I am Andy Wilson, a big shiny robot, and joining me this week is... Hello, I'm Brooke Heim, back to record with the fabulous Andy Wilson. I know, I'm so excited to have you here. We're, we're very sad Adam couldn't make it, but, you know, the holiday schedule being what it is, it just couldn't happen. Yeah. This is a very special episode. And this is something that I've actually been talking with Adam about doing for over a year. Oh, I'm I so sad to... he's not here. I know. Well, it's it's something I've really wanted to do. But it's, I want to take some of our most favorite movies, some of the most iconic films out there in cinema, and when they reach a, a certain birthday or anniversary, we celebrate that. Now... You may or may not know, uh, December 20th will be the 70th anniversary of the release of It's a Wonderful Life. 70 years. So That's so uh, crazy. I know. Happy birthday, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and it's really funny, when I first pitched this to Adam, like over a year ago, I said I wanted to call the feature Merry Christmas Movie House. Because that that's like, I don't know, we're, we're saying like, happy birthday movies... <laughs> <laughs> the best thing I could think of is like, Merry Christmas, movie house. So, <laughs> uh, we're we're starting with the namesake uh, to wish it a very happy birthday and uh, spread some some holiday cheer because this is an iconic Christmas movie, and I wanted to talk about it, and I'm so glad I get to talk about it with you, Brooke. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back again. Way too I know, long. It, it has been way too long, and, and we're going to get uh, a double dose of Brooke because you're going to join us on our Star Wars spoilers episode in a couple of weeks. Oh, yes. So, oh, yes, I will. Very excited about that. But, you know, it's funny that this movie is so iconic. Like, it is the epitome of Christmas movies for me, and in all the lists of movies when everyone's like, what's your favorite holiday movie? No one ever mentions this one. They talk about White Christmas and... Miracle on 34th Street and a whole bunch of other ones, but like, it's, but it is like the ultimate of Christmas movies. This is my Christmas movie. Like, I could, like, I I get people who are like, oh, Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. That's not me. If that's the way you want to go, cool. People are like, oh, Love Actually. Okay, cool. I get that. It's all about Frank Capra like I love Frank Capra for a lot of other reasons and I just for some reason this movie has always meant so much to me and probably because it was such a huge part of my childhood it was constantly on TV with us growing up right I mean doesn't it oh yeah just feel that way like if it's December uh, it's a wonderful life is on I mean, there are no movies, I mean, memories without this movie in it. They're just, there are not Christmas memories without this movie. And it, to this day, it's the one movie that I always watch every year. And so iconic that it ends up in another iconic Christmas movie that the McAllister family is watching It's a Wonderful Life in France in Home Alone. (laughs) That's how... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's how big it's a wonderful life is and part of that was because the the very weird history of it's a wonderful life so let's let's go back 70 years 
And All right. Let, 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 first, let's put ourselves in this mindset. Rewind. It is, yeah. It is December of 1946. We're a year out from the end of World War II. And looking for some, uh, you know, some post-war happiness and, and holiday cheer. And so Frank Capra adapts this uh, little-known uh, short story about a guy who sees what the world would be without him and turns it into a, a two-hour and 15-minute film uh, starring Donna Reed and Jimmy Stewart, two of the biggest stars of the time. I mean, and, and nothing goes better together than Frank Capra and Jimmy Stewart, in my mind. The, that man... Like, I've, That's America. I, it is. Jimmy Stewart, I love you forever. And, and, and I love Donna Reed. So, and I love Jimmy Stewart, too. But oh, I, 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 have, I have a childhood crush on Donna Reed that, that has not gone away till this day. It's like, still, it's like, wow. Like, Mary Bailey is quite a woman. Although, we'll, we'll get into some of the gender politics in a minute. But let's, um, I mean... So this movie comes out. It's actually kind of just a financial ho hum. It it's sort of a flop. It doesn't make back the money that they expected it to, but it does get a best picture nomination and it is relatively well received, although some people had uh very interesting things to say about it. Uh among those people were the FBI. The FBI wrote a memo stating, with regard to the picture, It's a Wonderful Life, redacted, stated in substance that the film represented rather obvious attempts to discredit bankers by casting Lionel Barrymore as a Scrooge type so that he would be the most hated man in the picture. This, according to these sources, is a common trick used by communists. In addition, redacted stated, in his opinion, this picture deliberately maligned the upper class attempting to show the people who had money were mean and despicable characters. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the whole, like, Red Scare, uh, House uh, Un-American Activities Committee, like, they were targeting It's a Wonderful Life for communist messages. <laughs> Which is so funny, because I look at this now and I'm like, man, if anything... This movie is maybe a little bit heavy-handed in favor of, like, Christian belief and prayer and angels. And I'm like, I would maybe not feel comfortable watching this around some of my, like, atheist <laughs> or Jewish friends or something. Like, it, 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 this is a very Christian Christmas movie. <laughs> And so that, it's so funny to think, like, yeah, oh, this was un-American, right? That is amazing. I had no idea. I, yeah, I, I will enjoy this movie in a whole new light now. Because well, it is, like, it's so American, it's ridiculous. It's Well, it's funny to think, like, again, going back to the time period, and throughout the movie, they go through the depression and uh, i mean that's like a major part of this movie is how like the one rich guy in the town 
takes advantage of everyone during the Depression. And, like, the only one standing up to him is George Bailey in the building and loan. <laughs> and it literally yeah. kills his father. <laughs> like, and, like, and, and if he hadn't been there, then the town is plunged into this, like, horrible hellscape of, I mean, it's like Bedford or Pottersville without George Bailey is basically like the Biff Tannen timeline in Back to the Future 2. (laughs) I had never made that correlation before, but yes, you're correct, sir. It it basically is. I mean, when he's running through the town, it's like every somehow like the little town of Bedford Falls gets transformed from this idyllic upstate New York town into a place where its main street economy seemingly runs on go-go girls and and burlesque shows because like i think that's the only thing they're advertising anywhere downtown like everyone's a stripper in bedford falls now i guess or no pottersville without george bailey everyone becomes a stripper he stole our like everything morals and money and well, that's what happens when when you let old man Potter like that take starts over with P and that rhymes with P and that stands for Potter. Potter. <laughs> it doesn't quite so work, funny. but <laughs> not quite. But but A for effort. I, I like it. I <laughs> so I think the the other interesting thing about this is like I can't help but watch this now and not think about Donald Trump. Oh God. Like, am, am I totally off in this? Am I... Oh, I don't know. Stop, because there's no rewind button for this. There's no <laughs> guardian angel making this up and going to restore everything back. I can't. I can't think about it. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm more thinking about Trump's father, who actually made his, his business out of building homes for middle-class people. And... Um, but kind of the other way, he was kind of a slumlord and uh, got in trouble because he wouldn't rent to black people or sell to black people. That's and so although, sweet. although Donald will tell you that that's not true, even though, like, it actually is. <laughs> but there, anyway, um, just considering that they're both in New York and the and the politics of of what's going on, it just. It seemed a little bit too on the nose. Like, what happens when you let one person control too much stuff? Potterville. Potterville. And and so I hope everyone in small town America, like, pays attention. Although I I don't know that they will. Anyway, so that's a little bit of the history. Um... Probably the most important piece of the history, though, is what happened in the 1970s when a clerical error meant that the copyright did not get renewed for this movie. And so it was suddenly out on the market for anyone to show anytime they wanted for free on TV. so then... (laughs) So then... (laughs) We grew up with it. We grew up with it all the time, all the time, because it was free. It was free programming. 
And huh? so, of course, you were going to see it. I, I don't know. How many how many times do you think, like, an average Christmas season, you would watch at least a part of It's a Wonderful Life? How, oh. Um, I mean, growing up, like, it, you, you've got to imagine at least 10 to 15 times. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair guess. Yeah, it, you'd just like happen on it. Like, I mean, you'd get out of school, mm-hmm. and it's just on. Like, it, it's like the Christmas story is now. Like, it it's just except for Christmas story is just like twenty four hours of it all the time. For this, it was like well, yeah. four or five times a day, every single day. <laughs> like, you could turn on the TV and it was just on. Yeah. And and you had you had so many different versions of it too. There were different cuts and people who had colorized it and and some of the very bad colorization. And you had remakes of it. And we didn't have the Hallmark Channel showing all these other Christmas stories. We had It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. So when I, when you're with your family and you're sitting down, you watch a Christmas movie and the one that's on is it's a wonderful life yeah exactly it's it's the one everyone could kind of agree on because like yeah we would want to watch a christmas story and soon like you'll shoot your eye out we definitely (laughs) love that but if if we were around like less subversive members of our family and something that everyone wanted to watch it was it's a wonderful life because you everyone could find a place to enjoy it so but it's a weird movie isn't it like this is a very strange movie it's kind of (laughs) this is gonna be a really weird comparison so just prepare yourself right away i am prepared the level of weirdness of this movie for its time rivals what jessica jones is for us now hmm We'll talk about that a little bit. That's a that's a great statement. Because like, there's there are a lot of very strange and weird and out there type things, right? But mm-hmm. on a psychological level, the weirdness that happened in this movie for like being able to—I mean, they'd never experienced anything like Back to the Future, or there there was no reference point for, hey, I'm about to jump off a bridge. And a guardian angel coming down and showing you that your town is turned into Burlesqueville and that everything is crap without you and your brother died. Like, that hadn't been experienced in theaters. It had just been happiness and, like, I mean, the Philadelphia story. I don't know. It's just the level of strangeness on a psychological level rivals what Jessica Jones is for us in this. They feel very much the same to me. You know, it's certainly true that the, you know, the cinema of the 40s was certainly not fantastical. And you didn't really have a lot of, like, a, a ton of science fiction. And when you did, it was very, it was very clearly science fiction. This is a supposedly realistic story with, you know, a, a sort of fantasy element in there, which it is like time travel. It is you know alternate realities although they're they're not explicitly saying that and and so it 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 is very strange the the other thing that strikes me is how long it is this 
this movie is two hours and ten minutes long. And I I timed it. Clarence doesn't show up on screen until like the last thirty minutes of the movie. Seriously? Like, yeah. Like uh, all of the rest of the movie, most of the movie is told in flashbacks. The movie starts off and it's the stars talking to each other, right? And they're like, well, there's this guy, George Bailey. We gotta, we gotta go down and help him. And you hear like people's prayers, like going up to the stars and the stars are talking to each other. Like, what the hell is this? What Can is you imagine this? never having experienced anything like that and just like, the stars are talking to each other? Yep. <laughs> it's so it's it, it, it this is a weird movie and then the the rest of the movie the first like hour and 30 minutes is all told in flashback it's all flashback this is it's like it's supposedly christmas eve in 1946 and everything is happening before then and they're just telling Clarence the story about George Bailey and his life and everything that he did so he can be prepared to go down and, and tell him. And then we get, like, what happened on the day. and But then, yeah, Clarence doesn't show up. Like, he doesn't jump into the river until there's only a half hour left in the movie. And, and then the movie, like, shifts into really high gear. I think, I think part of it is... We think that that is somehow the midpoint of the movie because it since feels we, like it, yeah, well, I think since we experienced it like on TV all the time, like we would just jump in. It's like, oh, it's a wonderful life is on, and so we never like started from the very beginning very often. <laughs> we we we'd check in like 10 15 minutes before Clarence showed up and then we'd be like oh yeah so so we're good we caught this near the beginning right yeah no <laughs> this is a <laughs> so again this is a weird 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 movie a couple of other weird things i mean just can can i say this george bailey is not a good person like no i mean okay overall he did a lot of good things, and he stood up for the right, the right things. And the poor guy was—he started off with dreams, and he was trod on, and and he gave up on them, and he settled for doing other things, and he did a lot of good for people. But when push came to shove, like George Bailey does some not good things, like from driving drunk, like from everything. <laughs> To uh, berating his children, <laughs> destroying the family room on <laughs> Christmas Eve. Uh, uh, breakdowns are hard. Breakdowns are hard. Um, berating his child's teacher on the phone, and then starting a bar fight with. Well, I guess he didn't start the bar fight, but he was still in a bar fight with with her husband. Even, but even before then, even before his breakdown, like. Let, let's go back and think about those scenes, like the courtship between George and Mary. First of all, George is totally clueless, right? Right. <laughs> but on top of that, they're, they're walking home and they're flirting 
and he's like, oh, I'm going to lasso the moon for you and whatever. And he accidentally has, has hold of her robe and she ends up naked in the hydrangea bush. And what's he doing? He's like, oh, what an interesting situation. Hmm. What am I going to make of this? <laughs> what am I going to make of this? And he's like, she's like, I'll, I'll call your mom. And he's like, oh, yeah, she'll be on my side. Like, <laughs> first of all, that's some great dialogue. But second, like, that's evil. And as a child, I don't, I don't recall, like, grown-up me now would be really bothered by a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. But I was so conditioned to go with the flow of that scene. Like, I never, didn't think about it at all, yeah. It, ever. It's just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> George Bailey. And and then, I mean, on top of that, you, you have the gender politics of everything. Like, Mary Bailey is such an awesome person, but all she ever does is take care of her stupid, abusive husband. And he really is. Jeez, what an a-hole he is to her. She's awesome, and it, and it's just like, but she's relegated to this this caretaker mother role, and you even see like during the montage scenes where they're talking about like what's happening during the war, and it's like Uncle Billy and Mister Gower sold war bonds, and George was uh, doing this, and Mister Potter was on the draft board, and what's Mary doing? Oh, she's wallpapering the house. What the <laughs> f? I did remember thinking as a child, why is she with him? He's mean yeah. to her. <laughs> He's mean to her. He, she's been in love with him since she was like seven years old. And, and he's working behind the counter of the, of the malt shop, of the pharmacy. And he's so oblivious. Like, what, what an idiot. And, yeah, I... I, I never understood why why poor Maybe Mary set up my taste in men a long time ago. <laughs> this is food for thought. That is food for thought. That's <laughs> that's maybe that's maybe a conversation we need to have off podcast. We may have just that. figured out my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's a wonderful life. Huh. <laughs> 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 Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, gender roles. <laughs> oh, the, but yeah, again, weird ass movie. It's totally weird. <laughs> Especially thinking about now. Also, I'd just like to point out there are no people of color in this movie except for the maid. Yeah. Like, oh. And I mean, she's great, but she's playing the exact same role that you see in a hundred other places. Uh, Calpurnia to kill a mockingbird and Annie and Mammy are all essentially like interchangeable. Yeah. And that's, and that's terrible, but it is. Yeah. The 1940s were uh, unfortunately a different time. So, but I guess that means when, when we hear people say like make America great again, and they're talking about like, going back to when America was good remember that part of that meant that black people didn't show up in popular culture and when they did they were serving the Bailey's dinner and, and George Bailey was not 
a pristine human. Like No. Not someone worth being served. But but forgiving forgiving that, I mean this is still like one of my most beloved movies, regardless of the problems. Um and has had huge effects in other places, like Bert the Cop and Ernie the Cab Driver, obviously inspired the characters Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street. Um, I, I okay, know, I, I think... never ever realized that. Oh really? Oh my gosh! <laughs> this movie really has like set up my entire <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> I never sudden. realized it was about communist Russia, and I never realized Bert and Ernie. Hmm. It, it, it wasn't about communism. <laughs> it was never about... I mean, it kind of is, but at the same time, I mean, the, these were the same people who thought that, like, FDR was secretly a communist. So, you know, I mean, the, the, the FBI thought everything was, was communist back in the day. And so, yeah, that's, that's their problem. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you could say that this movie is a little bit like anti-capitalist, but more it's like anti-crony capitalist because, like, who looks at this movie and says, you know, I'm on the side of old man Potter. Like, I think that one <laughs> guy should be in charge of <laughs> everyone who voted for Trump. He. We definitely like the Mr. Potter guy, and we think he should be in charge of the building and loan, and he should be in charge of everyone's housing, because they they don't know. Because Burlesque Field is awesome. Well, uh, hey, and we can we can get more strippers. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's bring it on. Let's have the the Biff Tannen future. Let Let's do that. So, uh, we we spent a lot of time like picking apart this and I've spent a lot of time talking but Brooke what are what are some of your favorite parts of this what makes this part of why you you have to see this every year I guess like my grandma and I used to watch it all the time my grandpa before he passed away but there's something about the idea that we just don't understand the impact of our life which is like a really limited way of looking at this movie like obviously that's the the immediate takeaway like you don't know what could happen if you hadn't been here so keep moving forward but for me it also like it reminds me that I don't understand the impact of everyone else's life as well so if I'm having a hard time with someone or things that are going on or something that's happened to me or in my life or my past like as dumb as it is like watching this man who has no business being with his wife and how wonderful she is at the very end when he can look at her and pick up his daughter and have that love there i don't know like true redemption it just it it reminds me to to lay off a little bit and and accept that i'm not in charge and that things are what they are. That's a really good message. I I just the last five minutes of this movie are the most likely thing to make me cry, like ever, 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 ever. So, I is something. There's only about, one movie that will make me cry more every single time. What? What's that? One other movie, which is uh, 
Rocky too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and the, that's a that's a pretty good one too. The uh, very end of Rocky too, and he says, "Other than the day that my son was born, this is the best day of my life." Go, Adrian! We did it! Like, like the idea that his son is the best thing that's ever happened to him, and and she is what helped him make it. I don't know. That makes me I, ball I think, like a baby. And this is like second to that. Like they're they're both very similar to me, actually. Him they they are. Yeah. And and like the when when the kids are like they're they're singing Hark the Herald Angel sings and Zuzu's like Look, every time a bell rings an angel gets his wings and like everyone in the town is showing up and like putting in their two cents and um, making sure that that George has enough money to to do this, and hell, even the the district attorney and the policemen, they show up and they like tear up the warrant and like throw it in there. <laughs> They're like, we we can't fight this. It I just I love it. And there there's a scene earlier in the movie where uh, he he goes to Potter and and Potter tells him he's the one who puts that idea into his mind that you're worth more dead than alive. But before that, he's like, couldn't you go around to the, this rabble and like tell them? And he's like, no, they don't have that, mo- that money. He's like, of course they don't. And yes, they do. And I, I mean, and this is like a, a communist message right here, but yeah. like we can come together and we have more than we think that we do. We have more resources. We have more time. and We have more impact than we think we do. Yeah. If if we come together and work together, we can overcome these giant obstacles. Whether whether it's a mean old man who controls half the town or, or whether it's anything else. And it's like, if we just focus on that that is to me what like what america is about and what like that idealized version of post-war america why it's so beautiful it's like we we have these families and 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 they make us strong and and they're beautiful and we love them and we love these children and we love our neighbors and we take care of each other that just means so much to me and and it comes back to me what the spirit of christmas is and a very like uh, i'm going to go all jesusy on you for a second but like hey. that that is to me what like faith in jesus christ should be about like it, it, taking care of each other like um again going all jesus on you for a second but jesus said like love god love your neighbor and when someone said like well who's my neighbor he told the parable of the good samaritan and he said go and do that likewise you take care of people who are hurt and in need and when you see them you you do that and i i don't know that's it's just so beautiful and i I I I think that's what what gets at me and it's damn Frank Capra. <laughs> it's like this and Mr. Smith goes to Washington are just like the the movies that as a child like made my political perspective. 
So. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, the reason that this movie was watched so much, probably in our households, and I can't speak to others, but, you know, you and I are both raised in the same religion, is mm-hmm. that the message is very clear. It, it It's about his guardian angel. It's about faith and trusting that we don't know. We aren't in control. We don't understand the consequences of taking ourselves out of the picture or devaluing ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and um, I guess it's, it's kind of like to bring up another parable from the Bible of the woman who goes into the temple and, and gives a few pennies and she's followed up by the but the man who has all the money and he comes and he gives all of this money and and the point of that is that what she gave with just her few cents was so much more than what he gave because of what it meant to her and and that is the end of this movie like yep. they all get together they give their few cents they they give and they they take care and Jesus was you know the ultimate follower and lover of God and why wouldn't we want to to emulate that in taking care of those who are around us and giving back to those and not judging and not throwing the first stone and and coming together because that's communism duh I like communism <laughs> if, 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 if there's that sliver where like communism and Jesus overlap where there's like that Venn diagram like that's me <laughs> Like that, that that's where I can live. I can, I can, and, and Frank Capra. Yeah, that is the yeah. end of the movie. And I'm Jesus, to... communism, Frank Capra, boom. That's me. And Merry the Christmas. Merry <laughs> effing Christmas. <laughs> you filthy animal. So, final thoughts. What are what are some other little things that we've missed that we've got to talk about before we wrap this up? I still believe that when bells ring, the angels get their wings. I love it. It's so sweet. And she's so, her cute little voice, and he picks her up, and she just says it, and everything is happy, and it's a celebration of everything, and I ring bells a lot. This this is maybe a little personal, Brooke, but does Zuzu ever remind you of your daughter? Yes. Your daughter reminds me of Zuzu. Yes. <laughs> paste it, Daddy. Paste it. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go to sleep. I want to stay up and look at my flower. Like, oh my gosh, that is so her, right? <laughs> that is so her. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. I was just so. looking at Carolyn Grimes online too. She she looks like her as a child, and now it's like being able to see what she's gonna look like when she grows up it's it's a little bizarre actually oh speaking of looking at people when they grow up it it should be noted that um mr potter was played by lionel barrymore who is drew barrymore's grandfather you know from from that whole family i, I, I don't mean, know this is I, just a very good looking cast altogether. like it really is these people were all way too good looking way awful. too good looking that old-timey movie good looks and i i think the one thing that i keep coming back to is is the banter like this this script and and old scripts in general like the philadelphia story or uh his girl friday just the way that they talk to each other 
it's so cool there's there's that there's that verbal pattern everybody's like talking like this but see and that's how we're talking <laughs> yes professor oh yes <laughs> stop calling me professor yes professor <laughs> it's, it's so good i just i could watch that scene on repeat for the rest of my life and die happy i i i miss it and so when when george bailey's going like i'm gonna go take uh take part in some passionate necking you're like what the hell who says that it it works in this weird weird movie i just it's so weird it's so weird and it's so funny i just perfect i miss i miss that verbal patter and um the way the way people talked and I don't know. This this movie is such a weird time capsule of so many things. Yes, of racism, but also of some other good things. I think the one saddest thing about this is the fact that it's no longer so ubiquitous means that, like, my kids are not going to grow up with this being, like, a major part of their holiday. And, like, I was watching this earlier, and, and my son was like, what is this? What's going on? And I'm like, I, I'm like really? trying to explain it to him. And he's like, okay. And he just like takes off. I don't know. I think trying to get kids to watch anything in black and white these days is a little bit tough too. I'll love you till the day I die. Oh, I wish I had a million bucks. Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> There's poison in them capsules, I tell you. It's poison. Oh my gosh. This movie. It's such a great movie. So, yeah, that's that's It's a Wonderful Life. And um, I, I love this movie. Um, I will watch it several times every Christmas holiday until the day I die. Brooke, any final thoughts? Um, it's good as new. Absolutely amazing. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this. We'll be back later with a regular episode of the Board as Hell podcast. And until then, Merry Christmas, Movie House. Merry Christmas, Movie House! Hey! Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Happy New Year to you! In jail! Go on home, they're waiting for you!